The Lord be with you, and also with you. The word became flesh and dwells among us. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west, and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south, and the transcendent power of God and love touches earth in the humility of Christ, here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship, the liturgy, music, and homily, this New Year's Eve day, this first Sunday of Christmas, are offered in the praise of God for our gathered community here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence here with us in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
we pray. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light, enkindled in our hearts, may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 10 through chapter 62, verse 3. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication, and all the kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir, through God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 148 responsibly with the antiphon. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord in the heights. Praise the Lord, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise the Lord, sun and moon. Praise the Lord, all you shining stars. Praise the Lord, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, who commanded and they were created who established them forever and ever, and fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling God's command. Mountains in all hills, fruit trees in all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name alone is exalted, whose glory is above heaven and earth. God has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful. For the people of Israel who are near their God, Praise the Lord. Now, beloved, please rise as you are able for the singing of Gloria Patri, the reading of the gospel, and the singing of the hymn. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke chapter 2 verses 22 through 40. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. 
Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. The story of Christmas, the birthday of the Lord, begins with the nation of Israel 
the hopes and fears of all the years, the longings and dreams of God's chosen people for a clearer sense of God's presence and a clearer vision of God's purpose. In the reign of King Herod, only 60 generations ago, the poor carpenter and his pregnant wife went to Bethlehem to pay the state tax. Mary was close to her time, and so, rather than camp as usual with the other poorer travelers, Joseph decided to get a room in an inn. He was too late. They camped in a cave that also was a covering for the innkeeper's animals. And that night, a child was born among cattle, yet visited by kings, a child whose mature life would change the course of time and history. Behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The story is very close to us. Bethlehem is not that far away. The year one is not that long ago. The conditions into which Jesus was born are not that different from the conditions into which poor babies today are born. The story is close to us, as Galatians teaches, born of woman, born under the law. The message of the birthday story is a glorious one. The message, the simple Hebrew word Emmanuel, God with us, God is with us, Gott mit uns, Dios con nosotros, Dieu avec nous, God with us, Emmanuel. It requires a lifetime of full exposure to the patterns of grace to begin to know the mystery of this truth. We hear of it in some of the greatest words in Western literature and language, the words of scripture. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward all. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And today, the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. There is something shattering about this message, this mysterious message, that the Lord God creator, the first, the last, beyond all thought, would stoop so low as to become a poor peasant child. But that is the simple, shocking, difficult message. God above, man below, holy is the name I know. God with us. God with us. Emmanuel. And God with us as the scripture in the gospel teaches today in part through others. Simeon, Mary, Anna, all. The meaning in the message of the Christmas story is that God is with us in our weakness, limitation, and smallness in order that we might respond to God, that we might become godlike. God with us miraculously in weakness. God touching us before and without our response. This is the meaning of baptism. In the light of God's care, one can never be or become a means to an end. In the light of God's care, the human being cannot be commodified. One baptized is an end in herself. She has been blessed by God. This is the saving act, the provenient, justifying, sanctifying grace of God, being born again. Martin Luther knew it when locked in the Wittenberg Castle 
and tormented by demons, he cried out, I am baptized. God with us miraculously in our limitation. The most difficult aspects of life, we all know this, are its limitations. Illness, poverty, society, warfare, mind, ignorance, heart. We do what we would not do. Relationship, we glide past each other. Nature, bitter winter weather. And the final limit, death itself. Closer to us than we are to ourselves. God with us in limitation and God with us in suffering, all the difficulties of the debate about patripassianism notwithstanding, God with us in suffering, present with the victims of a fire in the Bronx, God with us even especially at this point of limitation, sin and death and the threat of meaninglessness. God with us miraculously in the smallness of our lives, the pettiness to be negative, and the delightful detail, to be positive, of our few days on the earth. God taking on our smallness to give us a model of how to live. We all need models like the French architect of the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, who modeled that on his own mother. If we are to grow in the knowledge of God, we benefit from models, from a model, from a model on our own level, of our own scale. God with us miraculously in our response to God. This is the church, the body of Christ. God with us in our response to God. Where does change occur? In the church. At best, the church embodies ultimate reasons for real good change. The hope in the meaning of the message of the story of Christmas is the real hope, lasting hope, for this world that we will find a way to live together in the spirit of Christ as Longfellow, not far from here, sang at Christmas just a few years ago, till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. This is the hope in our gospel, the hope in our fellowship, the hope in our worship, the hope in our preaching, the hope in our life together just now. And included in our gospel come Christmas tide, our gospel that is as pronounced today, are the sick, the broken of, mod, of body. The rail at which we gather is their rail too. The hymns and prayers are theirs too. The spirit of love is present to the broken of body. In this season, we may be subtly encouraged to forget the broken, in the rush to build up or to develop a church or a nation. We may be encouraged to leave the weak behind. But for whom is this preachment, if not for the sick? For whom is the life of the church, if not for the sick? For whom has Christ died if not for the sick? For whom has Christ died if not for you and for me in your brokenness and in mine? We do have time to visit one ill person each week. We do. The sick are included centrally in our Christmas gospel. Included in our fellowship are the poor, those still left outside the party. This rail is their rail. The hymns and prayers are meant for them. The spirit of love struggles day by day in our institutions to take from the rich and give to the poor. Right now at points we are set to take from the poor and give to the rich. Yes, the poor you have always with you. 
Yes, the poor share responsibility for their condition. Yes, the poor with all of us, all of us stumble in the sin of sloth. But love and life both become mercenary if they depend only on the advantage each wants to gain. And the poor depend on the free service of others' wills. And so, strangely, powerfully, and in divine measure, can help you learn to love, can help us learn to love. For whom is this preachment, if not for the poor? You can remember the poor this week. The poor are included in our fellowship at Christmas. Included in our preaching come Christmas are also the brokenhearted who have lost an irreplaceable person, who have lost an irreplaceable dream. The rail, the hymns and prayers, and another day, next Sunday, the supper of the Lord, are comfort to the heartsick, to the poor in spirit. When we are heartbroken, heartsick, when we are poor in spirit, we learn to lean on God. Faith is most faith when it is all you have left. Faith is most faith when it is all you have left. We need God heartsick because just now we have a gaping hole, a crying need, a sorrow. In the desert, we learn to appreciate water. In the tundra, in the bitter cold, we learn to appreciate warmth. In isolation and loneliness, we learn to appreciate a kind word. You can speak kindly today and tomorrow to somebody, somehow. You can. And think how good tomorrow might be if you will brighten it with care and with kindness. The brokenhearted are included in our preaching here. Here is hope at Christmas and with powerful specificity, hope for the sick, the poor, and the brokenhearted. We give thanks for the story, the message, the meaning, and the hope of Christmas, the birth of our Lord. Seven and a half years ago, my father died. One of his set of gifts to me was his own genuine, authentic, unsentimental experience and endurance of poverty, of illness, and of sorrow. Those of us who have not known lack, poverty, loss, or need much in our own lives, keenly need to remember in 2018 what life outside in the cold is like. We may need to delve into memories that are a generation or two or more old, memories of when we our people, when you, your people, knew directly what it means to be poor. Much of our civil strife right now is enforced by this amnesia, this lack of memory of hurt. This month I came across a story my dad had told for me and my congregation on Christmas Eve, 1995, the day on which his sister Jean died, December 24th, 1995. He wrote and said, Christmas 1938 came a few days before December 25th, Not only did my mother and uncle with whom we lived have to work on Christmas Day, 
but my sister and I were to travel by train to Norwood, New York, to spend Christmas with my grandfather, with another aunt, and with my dad, separated from my mother for years. So on the evening before we were to go, the adults in our family arranged to have a full-fledged Christmas morning in the evening in 1938. After a holiday supper, my sister and I were allowed into the living room where our stockings were filled, presents were wrapped, and under the tree and carols were playing on the Victrola. That Christmas was very special because we knew my mother did not want us to be far away on that very special day. But she recognized that our father and his father and our aunt needed to have the sound of our young voices on Christmas morning. She arranged fantastic gifts, a Shirley Temple doll for my sister and a pair of hickory skis for me. I still have them. How she found the money in the depths of the Depression for those fantastic gifts I'll never know. How she could have let us go, I'll never know. But that was my mom. In retrospect, through this experience, she taught Jean and me the meaning of giving and sacrifice, love and hope, joy and faith. It changed our view of Christmas. My sister Jean died this morning, December 24, 1995, full of grace, and now has answers that some of us will continue to search for. Christ came into the world filled with grace and truth to show how God wants us to live from birth to death and beyond death. And until we can demonstrate that we have learned these lessons, we will be living by faith, through these difficult penultimate days. But we know that God is with us. Friends, how shall we resolve then to hear this gospel of love, to acquaint ourselves with it and adjust ourselves to it, and then with gladness to live it as 2018 opens out before us? Upon what actual special interests and explorations shall we, shall you, shall I, bring our faith lived in the glorious shadow of the faithfulness of God in Christ this year? Shall we attend to one another, one or another, of the issues of personal health which may have impeded our glad living in the past? Shall we give ourselves an extra measure to the growth of some dear institution dear to us now for many years? Shall we go ahead and go out and write a book or write another book under the apprehension that everyone has at least one good book in them? Shall we bear down and buckle down in 2018 and make a plan to make a plan to invest ourselves in the betterment of our culture our society, our civilization, by joining up, attending to, giving for a just and a participatory and a sustainable common hope in our time? Shall we learn another language? Koine Greek, Esperanto, Japanese, in order to see in detail another way to see in detail the detail of every day? Shall we return in reading and thought to the abandoned farms, barns, and fences all a kilter, that is, that of biblical theology, biblical theology, as a way of understanding not just sincerity and authenticity, but irony as well in the spiritual background and moral accompaniment of our time? Health growth, book, betterment, language, theology. Et toi, et tu, and you, 
and me and all. The future is wide open. What ruminations have you this Christmas tide, this New Year's Eve? We now come to a time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Creator of the universe, let all things you bless. Emmanuel, where three are gathered. In order for your will to be done, grant us the courage to live out your praise, worshiping not only in heart and mind, but in action, in soul, and in strength. Let our every action bring you praise and bring your kingdom of heaven down to earth. Let our every action be an action of love courageously working to show compassion and care for those around us. Let us be vessels of your love, grounding ourselves in you and expressing your love at the core of our beings. For it is said that we are your hands and feet. Keep our hearts warm in moments when our internal and external worlds grow cold. Keep us courageous when fear attempts to drive out love. Keep us loving even in the midst of public discourse that works to instill hatred and divisions. And as your hands and feet fill our hearts with compassion for those around us, 
who may be feeling cold or blue in the midst of these holiday celebrations. As your hands and feet guide us with your still, quiet voice to work through and solve the different problems facing our modern world, in our climate, in our healthcare, and in our global community. As your hands and feet guide us, grounded in you, keep us grounded in you, remaining steadfast in the midst of anxieties and existential tensions that surround us individually and as a community. We pray that your hope would fill us in this season marked by hope and joy. Fill us with hope for our community and city. Fill us with hope for our nation. And fill us with hope for our global society and environment. Keep us hopeful as your hands and feet. And fill our hearts and minds with courage, reflecting the courage and compassion of Emmanuel, of the one whose life was an outpouring of love exemplified. Jesus Christ. And it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. And as our Savior Christ has taught us, we now pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. At Christmas, we do remember all of us are better when we are loved. We welcome you again to this service of worship and invite you to take a moment to join with the rest of the congregation to use the rituals of friendship, the red pads that are there for you in the pews so that you might record your presence and so that we together might know one another by name. As many of you are doing, if we can take a moment each Sunday to learn one new name and greeting following service or before worship, then in a year's time we will have 52 new friends. In addition, we invite you in the new year to think about an invitation, bringing a neighbor or a friend or co-worker with you to worship here at Marsh Chapel, to think carefully about your commitments to this institution and others, in service and in service of love and your disciplined and tithing giving, and to think about, should you be so moved, a moment of a reception into membership here, beginning uh, the next occasion for that will be at the Easter Vigil, which is the last day in March of 2018. We wish you Godspeed and a blessed New Year 2018, and we recall upon this Christmas Sunday, all of us, are better when we are loved. As the ushers wait upon us, we reflect together in meditation guided by the singing of the choir.
Gracious God, bless these gifts and grant that they may fulfill your works of kindness in the new year. In the name of your Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. As we go forth on this New Year's Eve day and before the spoken and sung benediction, let me simply uh, advise to and give information to the congregation that I will be out of this pulpit for the next four weeks, receiving excellent medical care and the replacement of my right hip. You will be graced by the preaching ministry of Hessler Fluker, Gaskell and Chica. It sounds like a law firm, but it's really a great quartet. You may simply, in, in helping, simply pray for all good things and be present here as often as possible in the month to come. As good people in the Methodist tradition, you have exhibited John Wesley's own heart strangely warmed on this bitter cold day, and for that we are grateful to you this New Year's Eve day. A word of benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and forever. Amen.